0: United States
1: Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their
0: weekly podcast.
1: Did you know that tomorrow is International Day of Peace? Do you know what that means? Well, let's find out. anne Lewis Colgan is joining us. And is Director of Public Education at the U.S. Institute of Peace. The Twitter handle is at USIP. And thank you for being on POTUS today.
0: Thank you for having me, Tim.
1: All right, so what is the International Day of Peace?
0: Well, it's not just any other day. The International Day of Peace is celebrated around the world each year on September 21st. It was created in 1981 by the United Nations as a day to focus attention on the idea of peace and on ways to achieve it, with an emphasis really on education and on public awareness. So it's a day on which, for years, There have been mainly cultural events and a range of educational activities that take place globally to mark the day. And now the Peace Day Challenge is working to increase the day's reach and its impact.
1: Okay, so what's the challenge?
0: So, USIP created the Peace Day Challenge in 2015, and the idea here is both to raise the profile of the International Day of Peace and to affirm peace as a real and practical alternative to the violence we see every day in the news. It's really all about inspiring a day of action on September 21st each year through real-life activities for peace and then sharing on social media using the hashtag Peace Day Challenge. So over the past two years, the challenge has reached over a hundred million people on social media and inspired real-life actions in more than 40 U.S. states and in dozens of countries. So we have examples like peace-focused activities that are initiated by students on university campuses in Afghanistan, or in Atlanta, Um, we have social media engagement by local organizations in this country, in Colombia, in Nigeria, elsewhere, sharing photos and videos about their own work for peace to really bring this work to life on that day.
1: You mentioned Atlanta and Afghanistan and college campuses, and I'm wondering what specifically each of those would do. I I just sort of am fascinated by the difference in what maybe similar-aged students might be wanting to do in Afghanistan compared to what students in in Atlanta are doing and how this also might reflect the cultures they come from.
0: Right. I, I think there are actually some strong similarities Um, So we have peace clubs that we know are active in some universities in Afghanistan and also in some universities in this country. Um, We have in Emory University in, in Atlanta, for example, this month, they're working on 21 Days of Peace with a series of events that are about educating and empowering students with practical skills that help them to work for peace locally and globally. So those are communications training workshops. They have a day of service. They have speakers who inspire the students. In Afghanistan, they've had similar activities. Um, They may also have had theater or poetry or other um, sorts of cultural activities that resonate, but again, with a peace theme and with a focus on ways in which young people can get engaged and get active for peace.
1: If we were to say beyond just the aspirational aspect of peace, is there sort of keys within societies, within governments, within nation states? And this is something that has come up often and did indeed in President Trump's speech yesterday, not to get specifically into it, but rather the conditions that engender peace, that the ways that nation states can actually work cooperatively and not contentiously. Are there certain things that are a part of that, for example, economic stability, um, um, a satisfaction population, if you will. I'm not sure how much you want to get into the meat of that, but give us a sense of the the aims, what, what, what leads us in some ways to this kind of global security and peace.
0: Sure. I mean, I think peace is one of those words that means different things to different people. So some people define it as the absence of violent conflict. Some people define it in a more positive way, as you just suggested, having security, human rights, justice. Um, for some people, it even seems a little bit squishy, something remote or idealistic, But we believe that peace is something essential. And in the places where we work, and in a lot of places in this country and around the world, it's a matter of life or death. It's the difference that enables kids to go to school and families to live safely and communities to thrive. And so we believe that peace is essential to U.S. and global security. It's essential at the local level for families. Um, And we believe that it's possible and that there are practical ways in which we can gain skills um, and we can work and get active to build peace in these settings.
1: And is there a typical way that this is marked in the United States government, in the capital, in Washington, D.C., or around the country? Is there, has it risen to that level where there's at least a, an acknowledgment that it is United uh, International Day of Peace?
0: Sure. In Congress, there are um, often floor statements that are introduced. Um, this generally does happen at the local level in communities across the country, which I think is part of its power. So this year, we're again seeing schools and communities across the U.S. and beyond who are getting ready to take action to turn tomorrow into a day of action for peace. So you have cities like Chicago, um, which has been active on Peace Day for many years, where there are local organizations and schools that are working on local events and then culminating in a big rally for peace at Daley Plaza later in the week. Um, you have big networks like the World Affairs Councils of America, which is a large nonpartisan national network that's dedicated to educating Americans about key global issues. And they have local councils in 40 states. And they are, again, an active participant in this year's Peace Day Challenge. So in Missoula, Montana, they are screening a peace-themed documentary for the local community. And then all the way over to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where they did a peace symposium last weekend. So they're providing opportunities for people to learn about and to discuss issues of peace and conflict that matter to them.
1: And final question, this is kind of a personal one, because you've obviously got a long resume of working on things. Uh, you worked at the Genocide Prevention Task Force. Uh, you've served as the Holocaust Museum Academy for Genocide Prevention. You've worked on a lot of other issues and projects. And I wonder, do you feel like we're getting closer to peace globally now than we were, say, 10, 20 years ago?
0: I think in some places we are. But, you know, most often here we talk about the word peace building, because we recognize that it is a constant work in progress. Um, I'm an optimistic person, and I believe that if we roll up our sleeves um, and get busy working for something that is worthwhile, that we can make a real positive difference. And I think for young people in particular, and I work a lot with younger students, today's world can feel a little overwhelming, and it seems that there's violent conflict everywhere. And I think we need to be able to show that this work for peace persists, even in really difficult circumstances, and that there's something you can do. And so that's what tomorrow is really all about. It's about giving people an opportunity to do something for peace and to be part of something that is bigger than themselves. And I think that's very much worth doing.
1: Give us a website or a place best to find information about this, Anne.
0: Sure. So the whole idea of the Peace Day Challenge is that it's flexible. You can find a range of ideas and resources at peacedaychallenge.org. The idea really is to do something for peace. And then if you use the hashtag Peace Day Challenge, you'll be counted as part of this big umbrella effort around the country and around the world.
1: Well, as you say, for some people, it sounds really squishy and aspirational, but there's no reason why we can't be squishy and aspirational at least once a year. Why not? Uh, anne Lewis Colgan, thank you for joining us on POTUS today.
0: Sure. Thank you so much.
1: And Louise Colgan is a Director of Public Education at the United States Institute of Peace. Joining us to talk about International Day of Peace tomorrow, the Twitter handle is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.